When I record podcasts, I like to stay hydrated. Who knew talking could be so hard? My favorite drink to have to hand is Lifeline's Hydro OG. It's a tried and tested product for me. It helped me and my team complete a 24-hour podcast, giving us the edge that we needed to get over the finish line. So whether you're at the gym, on a bike ride, or just trying to get over that night before, Lifeline's Hydro OG has got your back. Each serving is stocked with all the healthy ingredients and vitamins you could ask for. There are a great range of flavors, and with each serving at only 18 calories, you really can't go wrong. Here at the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast, we like to support local, independent companies and brands, and Lifelines is a product that I am proud to endorse. Go to lifelines.com. Now that's L-Y-F-E-L-I-N-E-Z.com to find out more. Now, without further ado, here is today's episode. Hello guys and welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. We've got a, a special episode for you guys today. Um, uh, uh, tackling a subject I, I feel like I can do, I can definitely do, but I needed a bit of help um, because um, I need some experience in the matter. And so uh, if any of you guys uh, watch Polly, if you did, thank you so much. We made £1,100 for, for Lingan Davis. Whoop, whoop. I think we'll go. <laughs> that was a bit loud but yeah we did well and uh, part of the uh, pod aid was Verity Jane and, you, and she came and spoke to us about her experiences and her battles with cancer um, and so we're going to be speaking to Lauren Stokes today who if you've been paying attention to the press has been impressed an awful lot about what she's doing for cancer so I brought in Verity to help me how are you Verity are you alright? I'm good yeah thanks thanks for having me yeah um Ha, so pod aid uh, how was that as an experience for you because it was quite a raw obviously a raw subject isn't it you yeah it, it was really refreshing for me yeah really um it helped me feel settled with the journey that i've been on it was almost like when i'm meeting new people i think oh goodness have i got a do i need to go over it it's a part of me but it doesn't define me people and noticing that I probably look a bit different than uh, you'd expect. and But doing pod aid, I was like, oh, it's out there now. I don't have to worry about yeah, yeah. Uh, individually. So if somebody comes in and says, oh, Verity, what, what happened? You just, just watch pod aid. Just, uh, <laughs> just I'll send you the link. <laughs> <laughs> and for the for the people out there wondering where all the, the pod aid content is, I realise it's been a couple of months, but um, I am at the moment splicing everything all up into separate um, that's a weird. That's a nice word. Splice. Splicing. Splicing. Slicing. I'm. I'm <laughs> going to cut everything up into individual um, uh, episodes, and I'm going to drop it studio by studio. Because remember, we did three studios. Uh, that were eight hours long. Uh, so you'll get studio drops very soon. It's just a lot of content to get through, but um, you'll be able to get those individual episodes very soon. But um, yeah, it was. It was. A, it's a subject. Like I can. I feel like I can talk about anything. Mm. But I feel like. Pod aid, even by the time you got to us, I don't know if you remember, but before you got there, I was running around because the internet had died. Yeah, you'd had a lot of issues. Yeah, and um, I don't think I'd had a time, because I feel like for subject, something like this, I think you need to be ready, right? You need to be in the, in the zone. I always explain, like, doing things like this, like being on. On on the game, on, 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 yeah. on, on. And I just, I just got completely sideswiped by emotions, really, which yeah. I usually I'm ready for. Are you used to that? Are you used to people kind of like struggling to talk about these things? Yeah, because most people you come across have had some sort of uh, experience and been affected either directly or indirectly by some sort of cancer story of somebody's... So the link is already there. There's there's always a link for somebody and you'll always find somebody will sort of say, oh, well, this happened to so-and-so and this is how I felt. yeah. It's emotional. Everybody has their own sort of mm. way of approaching it. 
I think my way is to is to just head on into conversation. Do you know what I mean? Just get in there and get just just talk about it. You know, I feel yeah. like like you said about airing it out. Get it out there. Once it's out there, yeah, you can there. do what you want with it. Then yeah, yeah. Afterwards, um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Paddy. I think it was really good to raise awareness, and that's what we yeah. did really. Um, uh, a lot of people um, came on board and donated and, and came on board as guests because of the hatred for cancer. You know, the, the yeah. support for what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so I know we've got sort of five minutes and I don't want to, to be like, oh, tell me your life story in five minutes because that's really not fair. I want to give you the time. So what I'm going to do is, um, I've, I mentioned to you before, yeah. um, I'm going to get you on um, because pot aid and the shoes of biscuit are two different things. Yeah. So I want to get you on to sit like this yeah, and sit and talk about things. Sounds lovely. I'd love to. Yeah, so um, you can help me out today with, with Lauren. Okay, I'll do um, that. Because, um, because you, you've been there with treatment, you know, mm. you know what it's like. Um, does it differ for a lot of people or is, there, is it, there are certain things that you kind of know to expect because what people told you and was kind of spot on? Do you know what? I was a little bit naive in that I didn't do any research and uh, didn't really have any expectations other than oh, I'll be fine at the end of it. I didn't really think about the middle stage where I was going to be poorly um but what i have learned i used to work um at a in a setting where i supported somebody who was having weekly chemotherapy and he would have his chemotherapy and he'd just be tired afterwards you wouldn't really notice much different about him um and i've learned there are so many different types of chemotherapy um that everybody respond and even with the same types people respond differently um, it doesn't affect anyone, every person the same, even radiotherapy. I can remember my friend's mum went through breast cancer and I had chemotherapy and then radiotherapy. And my friend said, how are you getting on? This was partway through my radiotherapy. I said, oh my goodness. Well, it's a hell of a lot better than chemotherapy. That's for sure. And he was like, oh, I'll ask you when it's over. I know, I know it's probably a struggle. I was like, you what? And he goes, oh, well, my mum said that the radiotherapy was horrendous, much worse than the chemo. And I was like, oh no, I'm being serious. The chemo was horrible for me. The radiotherapy is a breeze in comparison. And they'd found the complete opposite. So but all treatment, even if you're getting the same drugs, it's it's everybody it has affects their, everyone different. Yeah, yeah. I think we saw that in a small, small scale, and a, and a, a you know huge uh, uh, industrial state. Oh my god, words and stuff. The <laughs> COVID and the boosters and that that people had, you know, yeah, it infected yeah. some people. There's some people like, oh my god, I was up my feet for like two days, and some people like, I'm flying. I went to the pub afterwards. I was yeah, flying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll. Um, well, it is an interesting thing. Um, one of my favourite films of all time, it's kind of cancer related, well, it is, the film is, it's 50-50. Have you seen it with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt no, um, and Seth so. Rogen? It's about a guy who goes through uh, cancer treatment and stuff. But um, it's about, it, it's really good because it, it centres on uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character dealing with the issue and his friend as well. So like, how does, how does a friend feel about seeing his friend go through all this? Yeah. And the girlfriend as well. It's like really clever film, yeah, and how it sort of focuses on different aspects of the of of, of cancer treatment and stuff, um, and um, it's a really wonderful scene because uh, he goes to chemotherapy, and uh, <laughs> the the old guys he's in chemo with have all taken edibles. Uh, it's, it's, it's it's cannabis you can eat, right? And it's very strong. <laughs> I yeah. needed that explanation. I had no yeah. idea. <laughs> well, it's very highly concentrated cannabis, right? right so, okay. as edibles, and they're they're all, they're all high as a kite. And he didn't expect it from the old guys, and he bonds with them in a special way. But yeah, so uh, it's a good film to watch if you want a bit of insight. Fifty fifty. Okay. Fifty fifty is called. Good, good tip, thanks. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. So we'll put a pin in this, uh, and I'm going to get on, get ready to, because my my street is it is actually really easy to find my apartment, but in the dark it's really hard. So I'm going to make sure I'm available to help Lauren if she needs it. So sounds good. Um, right, we'll put a pin in this. Okay. Cool. Right, so we're, we're here. Uh, um, we've still got Verity with us. Um, yeah. And we have Lauren Stokes as well. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Are you all okay? Yeah, we're really good. It's really nice to speak to you today. I hope you don't mind. What we did is um, because Verity joined us on Pod Aid, which is a little bit different to the, the Shoes of Biscuit. People may not have listened to it. So we did a bit of an intro to, to Verity and her situation uh, and, you know, coming on the show and stuff. But we're here to talk about you. Um where where do you where do you come from? Let's talk about you. Uh, where you came from? Where you come from? Where you came from? Where did you come from? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so bizarre, doesn't it? Yeah. I grew up on the Grange, and I currently live in Basin Hill, but just staying with my mum for a little bit because I've had pleurisy. So okay, yeah, it was made me quite poorly, but I'm getting over it now. 
So you're Shropshire born and bred? I am a Shropshire girl, through and through. Ah. And um, from what I read, sorry, I hate doing this. That's, the, ugh, that's a horrible statement. It's from what I read. <laughs> I mean, what else? Because like, I did... I did oh, not, dear. Uh, well, where have you been looking? Oh, uh, well, you, wouldn't you like to know? It's, it's weird, isn't it? Because I've seen I've seen a lot of press about you, about, about your the stand-up to cancer, which is really cool. But they're saying that you work as a, in a, de- in a dentist? Is that something you've always yeah, done? Yeah, dental nurse. Um, I've looked after adults with autism and learning disabilities previous. Then I went to the dentist as a receptionist. And I've been at dental nurse now for five years. What? to think then. <laughs> and I've been there 18 years in February. It's quite a, it's quite an, an, an important role, a, kind of a front-facing role. You see lots of people coming in and out and stuff. At first, I was very nervous going back to work facing people because you know it is a strange little voice for somebody to come across this sort of like oh a lot of people always think it's a sore throat and they're like oh I hope your voice gets better and I'm like thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you thanks for your well wishes <laughs> um how long have you had had this then I had a laryngectomy May the 5th 2019 so I had Tracheostomy, laryngectomy, thyroidectomy, and neck dissection. I had my stomach pulled up because the tumour had grown down the esophagus, and the salivary glands removed from my mouth. So they butchered you? <laughs> Bloody butchered me on a bank holiday Sunday, I know. <laughs> Wasn't the super Sunday I'm normally used to. <laughs> Goodness. But they saved you? They saved you? Yeah, I mean, it's come back in my lungs and there's no, at the minute, cure for it. And it's, they're, they're watching and, but I feel fine. I have my blips, you know, I've had the pleurisy and I've got a blood clot as well. But, you know, I'm under a brilliant team. I'm under Dalford, Dewsbury, Birmingham and the Christie in Manchester. So... So you've been well looked. I get about. <laughs> you get about in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see it. You still got a great sense of humour. I love that. Yeah, I've. At first, I thought, oh, is that going to go? Because I've always been quite jolly, positive. You know, I'm always trying to look on the the bright side of life. And I thought, God, is this going to sort of dampen my personality? Am I going to? And it did. For a long time, I became very withdrawn, depressed, wouldn't quite the house. And and then after a while, I thought, that's not me. It's not me. And I just slowly started coming back. Yeah, I can imagine it being quite difficult. And, you know, you're saying 2019, that's right before the other C word, and that's COVID. Uh, yeah. What's that like? Because you must have gained a bit of confidence and then been told to get behind doors again. Yeah, I did. I went back to work in January and then they were like, you've got to go back off. We can't have you here with COVID. And I just picked up confidence. Yeah. Then back off again. Then was back to work and everyone was like, oh. And then we were back off again. So I was like, so really, that I was off for six months at a time, so... That a year knocked me back a bit, and I wouldn't go into a coffee shop and order a coffee. I'd always be like, "Oh, will you come with me and order it? Or will you come to the bar and order it? And will you order my food in a restaurant?" And now I'm just like, you know, I love such and such and such and such, and I'm just like, it's me. This is my voice. Yeah. It's not for anyone to judge if you don't like it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's who Good I way. am now. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely, I'm owning it. <laughs> um, it's nice when we were, I guess, living in a place like Shrewsbury where you can go to like your favorite coffee shop and they know your usual. I'll walk into House Coffee and they're like, usual. I'll be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's the Greg's in Meal Brace. There's a lady who works there and she'll just say, put your thumb up for a yes. Oh, lovely. And then, like, I, I'm not going to say it all the time, but she knows I do like a caramel latte and a bacon <laughs> sandwich with brown sauce and she'll just say and I left her a really nice review on Facebook and she when I went back in the one day to get petrol she'd come behind the counter and give me a hug and she was like that's so nice oh that's sweet I said but I said you don't understand how it's nice for someone behind the counter to just be like 
And funny enough, the Greg's in town as it bloody works out. And he's just like, put your thumb up. And for me, that means a lot. It's like, thanks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People get it. People get it. Yeah. They just get it. And that's precious. Because when you're going through these stages of anxiety and reintroducing yourself to the world, that, that must be a worry that being accepted and being able yeah. to navigate. Because sometimes the valve can just go and then I've got no voice and, you know, can happen night and about and I just press and I'm like... Nothing. <laughs> Nothing's coming so what, out. What do you do then? Luckily, I've learned to change it myself so I can just go home, take the... It's called a TPE, take that out and put a new one in. Yeah. And so I learned to do that. I thought, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I've got to learn it all. So I did. Oh, good for you. Well done. Is there, have you had um, an inclination to learn a bit of sign language, maybe? Or just in case, the one day? Do you know, I did think about that because I thought if it ever comes to a point where, because sometimes it can just grow over and you can't talk, but you can have a thing called Electrolux and you just put it there. Oh, I've heard it seen that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. But I thought if it comes to it, I'll find a way. Because they did say that the operation, there is a 20% chance that you'll never talk again. I was like, Whoa. I'm a chatterbox. That's not going to happen. Yeah. I will find a way. <laughs> and I hear you're on the Shoes with Biscuit in a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> I, I never thought I would have done this. And I did a radio interview two weeks ago. And they said, would you have done this two years ago? And I was like, never. Mm. Never in a million. No. We live in, in a in a world now where things are becoming more audible and visual. You know, mm. there's I prefer to send voice notes to people. Very, you know, as I send a note, I sent you one earlier. You couldn't hear it. Earlier. Um, and you know, on the phone, as there's there's, there's uh, people talk on videos and stuff now. It's all it's all changing. Um, so does that add pressure onto you a little bit? Very much so. I can ring places and then I call. I can't understand you, and then other places. I'm like, I say straight away, you're going to have to give me time to talk because I'm trying to hold a phone or and press a button to talk about an injectomy. And a lot of places now have put it on their notes that just give me time to talk so I can... Because when I talk, I essentially stop breathing, so I've got to navigate yeah, air and yeah. talk, so... Yeah, and... Um how I mean, I was gonna say, how long can you talk for? I mean, like, we're gonna be is that how it? long can we hold our breath for? <laughs> is that how long you can talk for? Is that how it works? <laughs> can you sing in the shower? Like, <laughs> no, yeah. hmm. Do you know, I've never tried. Yeah. I'll be getting back home later, but like, get the acoustics yeah. in that bathroom, <laughs> yeah, put me Spotify on. <laughs> have a good sing song um so the person you were before the laryngectomy the person you are now um has it affected the way the way you are as a person i mean you said you were quite bubbly as a person before mind back to me now i mean that's things when i go out and i would always be the kind of the louder one in the group and the nickname patsy off um absolutely fabulous come from that and now I'm a little bit more quieter, but obviously I can't I laugh. You say naturally. <laughs> yeah. um, I can laugh, but obviously nothing comes out. But my friends get it. If we go to a loud place, they can't always hear me, but you just learn to navigate around situations. Um, and the, the, the treatment, um, obviously me and Verity, uh, we were talking about um, pe different people have different reactions to... To treatment, some people may um, may have uh, uh, may you know struggle with chemo. Some people may not. Some people may struggle with radiation. Some people may not. Um, how have you coped with uh, the treatment? I find radiotherapy absolutely awful. Yeah, it literally knocked me off my feet after about three weeks. Yeah. How how many treatments of it did you have? I had thirty five sessions. Why? Wow. So that's quite a heavy. Yeah, at the maximum dose. Yeah, yeah. And it burnt all my neck. Um, I had a big feed in my stomach because I couldn't eat, so I was on a feeding machine as well. So 
Which, yeah. So is that, would that be seven weeks Monday to Friday? Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, seven weeks. When I had radiotherapy, I had three weeks. And I was saying to Alex before that I struggled more with chemo than radiotherapy, but with my three weeks, that's almost incomparable. How did you find chemotherapy? Horrible. Really, it really, really made me sick. They had to reduce my dose. I had two types of it and both, both I had a dose reduction because I was so sick with it, um, which I wasn't anticipating. Um, I mean, uh, what, uh, uh, this is a guy from looking out. I mean, obviously, I've been indirectly affected by cancer by family members and friends, what have you, uh, but never actually witnessed it myself. But how do you prepare yourself for something like chemotherapy or radiotherapy? Because, like, these are just words we hear, right? Well, my preparation was total ignorance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've said before, I just didn't just do research. I thought, I'm only going to do my own head in. Um, and I, I stupidly thought that chemotherapy, radiotherapy, it all makes you better. So what's the problem? I know, that, oh, shock horror face right here from Lauren. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't anticipating how ill I was going to feel at all. And the, the first night I had my first lot of chemo, I got home and I was vomiting everywhere. I was properly poorly and I called the chemo helpline and they said... Um, yeah, you've had your helpline. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're very responsive. It's it's awesome, really. But they said, we do expect people to feel ill, but we don't necessarily expect them to be sick. So that will have to be adjusted. So they're, they're really responsive in, in how they deal with it. But did, did you have chemo as well? No, the type of cancer I've got, which is adenoid cystic carcinoma. Yeah. It doesn't respond to chemo. Right. And so they were like, we'll just give you... Maximum major, dose. Maximum dose yeah. of radiotherapy. I mean, the good thing is, it hasn't come back in my neck, which my surgeon said if it comes back within 12 to 18 months, which is the time it generally does for the neck, he said, I can't do any more because he said, I've took every single thing that I could get out of your neck and every bit of tumour I could get hold of. And we're talking three and a half years now yeah since your operation so and that's still clear in your neck yeah that's clear that's but it made its little appearance yeah. in the lungs oh bless you so that was a bit of a because i had my scan in september 2019 and they were like oh yeah there's nothing then general scans yep yeah, good 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 and then october the 26 2020 they were like yeah it's come back in your lungs and I was like, right, so what's the... And they were like, because it's this type of cancer, it can grow slow or fast. Yeah. And it's just so unpredictable. So, so So you've got regular scans? Yeah, every six months. But they've moved it to three because the one tumour has grown quite significant in the last six months. So he said, I just want to see if it's just something that's just... We've had a bit of a growth and it's going to slow down or we need to step in and see what we can do. So yeah. I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And he's like, how do you feel? I'm like, I said, to be honest, I said, if I go down and leave, it's not going to change anything. I said, well, I'm just going to leave here positive and be like, we'll see what you say in three months. And he's like, okay. Uh, and I think that's what attracted to me to sort of invite you onto the show because that's what I read you know and um, the stand up to cancer thing is just such a wonderful thing because you're leaving a, a positive legacy you know you, you're doing something that will help others and yeah because you don't see many laryngectomies to you I've well I've got a group of friends that are laryngectomies but generally I've well, not come across them what, have you been in a room with lots of other people with laryngectomy? What's that like as an experience? Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> because we went to Manchester for the day and we had some cocktails and food. And I said, these people are going to be like, never seen one of these, never seen a laryngectomy. I said, no, we've got three of us. What's up there? We've made friends for life because... Shared You know yourself, yeah. people who've shared it, they get it, they get the experience and... Yeah. You have your highs, you have your lows, you know, your days when you just think of. Is it a very natural thing? I mean, Verity, you do a lot to help other people as well. So spreading awareness and speaking to people um, and yourself with the stand... And the, the, you did the run as well, didn't you? You did a run? Yeah, every year I 
and funny enough, before I got diagnosed with cancer, I've done that children's charity cancers that stand up to cancer, the mud runs. Because I just thought, I've had family members go to cancer, and I thought, if I can give just a little bit back, even yeah, if I raise 50 quid, if everyone raised 50 quid, it's that little bit. And I've had, I can't fault the treatment I've had in Shrewsbury, Telford, Birmingham, and the Christie. You know, I've had amazing oncologists, nurses, doctors, and they've just been there at the end of the phone. Yeah. Because, you know, they get a lot of bad press, and I think... Oh, the work they do is... Oh. It's from an I, normal... I could not have got through some of this <laughs> without the nurses. And this is the, uh, you know, the... <laughs> I say we don't like to get political. I, I invited Alex Wagner, who's a 20-year-old politician in, in Shrewsbury. Great guy. And I was like, I'm not going to get political, but we'll talk about politics. I was, go, <laughs> I was going on these rants. I was like, we need to look after civil rights. We need to get people talking about these issues. And I was like, oh, yeah, I just did it, didn't I? I went political. But, you know, we're talking about uh, the nurses going on strike uh, soon. And I feel like it's about time nurses got what they deserved. They, they saved the world. They saved the world with the pandemic. I don't care what you say you know they did an amazing job people, people are they're clapping for the nhs every night yeah. if you're gonna clap for people pay them properly <laughs> they do an amazing job they do i mean when i had my operation i think it was day three and i just dipped really badly it was like i don't want to be here take you know remove all my tubes and stop i just i've had enough i just wish i hadn't done the album which was dead i was all this and the cancer nurse, her name was Catherine, sat with me all day. He said, I'm not going to leave your side, even if you don't want to talk. I'm going to sit here with you all day. And I was cried all day and had me moan and had this and had that. And then the next morning I thought, you selfish madam. A team of 12 people have stood round and done your operation to save your life. Give yourself a kick up the ass. Mm, and I yeah. did. And that was it. As soon as my surgeon came in, he said, How are you feeling? I said, I've given myself a talking to. I said, I'm not like, we've got to do this suddenly. And he was like, That's what I wanted to hear. He said, nice. Because you went in with a positive attitude. He said, So I was really like concerned when I heard about you were having your day. And that was it then. I learned to change my tracheos, my tubes, do my bag feed, everything. I was like, let's just do it. Do you think that's common? People have that epi- epiphany, that kind of like that moment where you're like, actually, no, stop being sorry for yourself. I know you're quite headstrong. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a bit. Were <laughs> you like that? Um, I don't think I was, but I was diagnosed at a very similar time to my sister. So we we went through treatment together. And I think, that we did have low moments but more sort of fed up and miserable than dark and we were able to communicate with each other and bring each other out of it we had little sayings that we'd say to each other but I think with what you're saying of of how low you were that day I think well why why wouldn't you be what a change what an experience what a trauma and I think for you to have that load, I think you probably needed it to be able to reset and find it, find that you know, positivity you're so again. Right. Yeah, you're so right. Because I was having to communicate on pieces of paper and like hold it up for people. And to how be. frustrating after you've been able to fully just chit chat, you know, flippantly and taken advantage of it. Because why, why wouldn't you? It's what we do. And you've had to come across such a sudden and drastic change. It's. It would have blown my mind if you didn't have a moment of downness, and I think it's incredible that it just lasted a day, and then you went right. Okay, yeah. I've had it. Yeah, Let's I thought move you've had your dark day, girl. Come on. Good People have you. stood round and not stood round. I should say. They've worked so hard. Yeah. To save my life, and I'll be forever grateful to Doctor Brazy and his team. And I just think, no, girl, you've had your moment. Pull your bloody socks up and get on with it. And I got my son, you know, who's got who's all called autism, and that. And I thought he was always positive. He's like, "You'll be all right, mum." And I just thought, simple as that. Simple as that. Yeah. And I thought, 
just got to be all right, Mum. You've, you've got to be. Yeah. yeah. So I just thought, right, that's it. Let's just get this show on the road. Hmm. It's nice. Good for you. It's nice that you have that turning point because I, I imagine, like, I'm, I like anybody thinking about, you know, if you've not had dealings with cancer before, but you think about it from the outside, you just imagine there, there is going to be an offset of, of depression at some point because, you know, it's quite a dark matter. Dark, you know, it's quite a dark subject. And, you know, especially when you're de- dealing with uh, mortality and stuff, you know. Mm. Um, uh, so, you know, there's got to, there's, yeah, how can there not be a moment of depression? Was Is there like lots of help out for, for, their, for people, uh, uh, you know, got cancer and going through these things? Is there plenty out there? I think if I have contacted Macmillan and I have um, my name's Lynn from Therapy Services and I can see them regularly if I feel that I'm getting down. It's like, just email me, ring, we can make an appointment to come in. Mm. But I think I've managed mm. quite well. And yeah. I talk to my friends, they're always there, and family. Sometimes it's hard because they don't always get it. Yeah. Because you know yourself, it's mm. when you've not had cancer and you can't explain to someone sometimes, you're just like. I get that, that's frustrating sometimes when you're really trying to just hit home a point. But then in the back of my mind, I'm like, Do you know, what? I'm quite grateful you don't get it. I don't want you to get it. Yeah. It's like, if like you'd have thanks to go for listening. Through, but yeah. yeah. You'd have to go through something horrible to get yeah. it. And yeah. thank goodness you haven't. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so I guess familiarity is quite important to you than people that know you, like, you know, your son or your family members that are kind of like, you know, maybe you're, you're carrying something across the living room or something, and then they try and speak to you and you give them a wry look. And they know, <laughs> they know you by your looks now. <laughs> Roll the eyes. My dad always says, if I'm carrying something, they ask me a question. And my eyebrows go up. He's like, oh, she annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I, I, you know, I think I don't think we've even re- uh, sort of explained that, you know, to talk, you have to press a button on your neck. Uh, and yep. that's what we're talking about right now. So if you've never, never seen that before, that's what's happened. So that's why we're saying if you've got carrying things with two hands and you've got to talk, that's a bit difficult. Um but you know, you, you you sound like a fighter. You do. You sound like you you uh, you know exactly how to how to fight this thing, um, and you know positivity seems to be uh, the key motivator for you. Would you agree? Yeah, I just don't want people to. I mean, when you get told you've got cancer, you, you're sort of like, oh, well, how's this happened to me? All these stupid things run through red, and then you're like, right, family, friends, da da da. And my, I just had a whirlwind of four weeks of consultants and scans. And, and before I knew it, I was booked in for my surgery and it was done. And at the time I thought, how have I managed this? Where, Where am I? Go? What yeah. day is it? You don't really get a second to think in those early yeah, days. Yeah, that's it. You just don't, pow, do you? Pow, just pow, like, one after the next. They're like, right, can you come to it? Can you go there? Can you do this? Can you come here for, you know, therapy session? Mm. Can you come to... This, this, and this, and you're like, how did I get to having the operation? <laughs> I guess that kind of must help, though, because if you had too much time to think about things. Yeah, I literally, my operation was Sunday the 5th of May, and my cancer nurse, Gina, she rang me on the Friday, and she was like, well, what are you up to? And I was like, oh, I'm just at work on my lunch break. And she was like, what? Loren, <laughs> you're going in for surgery on Sunday. Why are you at work? I said, I've got to keep normal. I said, I've got a son that relies on me and I'm not going to stop my life. I said, cancer's got to fit into my life. I said, I'm not not fitting into that. I said, no. Know your place, cancer. Know your place. Know your place. (laughs) At the minute, it's the lungs and it's staying there. (laughs) Absolutely. I think when you were talking about your dark days before, I think that whirlwind of a month that you had from, from, you know, getting your diagnosis and then being on an operating table all of a sudden, I think you only would have had time to maybe process the magnitude of all of that afterwards when you're laying on a hospital bed that's just, it that's, yeah. you know the like the, the shock reality of like oh okay so it's what happened. happened there yeah oh, they were right then I did need the operation yeah what, what's <laughs> happened yeah what's happened I can't talk oh. um 
a lot of the uh, ways I, I, I deal with conversation on the, on the Shoes of Biscuit, people that listen may know. I kind of have to relate to myself somehow, try and fit myself in, but I haven't had cancer. But the only way I can think about this is when my wife was pregnant, every single day I go into work, people are like, oh, how far gone is she now? <laughs> you know, how long have you got to wait? And you'd have to ask, ask, answer the same question. I worked at Asda at the time, so you imagine there's like 300 colleagues there, the same question over and over and over and over. And you get so fed up of repeating yourself. You just kind of like... We'll get here when it gets here. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so how is that for you guys? I mean, both of you have been through the situation where people are like, are you okay? And you know, people are trying to be sincere and they do probably care probably care. Mostly care. Let's be positive. Mostly care. <laughs> <laughs> Some people just say things for conversation, like, you know, you, you get the mundane things like another day, another dollar, those kind of things. But how do you deal with that? Because it must be a right pain in the butt. I think I'm going to throw it to both of you. I think maybe. <laughs> Getting some looks like, hmm. Where do you go? Where do you sort of, do you have to run general checkups still now? Or? Yeah, so I have less checkups than I did because I've had a double mastectomy and I've had my ovaries and my fallopians out with, um, for risk reduction surgery. Um, but what I get most of is um, sort of what what's next? Because my plan was always to have a family and I can't do that biologically now. Hopefully, at some stage, I will have a family. But that's that's what I get asked most about by my friends and family. Mm. Um, and I still don't know the answers. So I'm like, where? What are I've you going to do? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What well, would you what, do? What I normally get is not even the what would you do. It's, oh, you could do this. Or you could do this. Yeah. Or have you considered this? Which is kind of helpful. But at the same time... like, well, yeah, I have considered all that. But I've yeah. just got to get my head around the fact that I've just yeah. gone through all of this. Yeah. And then I'm going to process Big the next step yeah. yeah yeah so i'll give myself a bit of time before i uh sort of explore any avenues but i think during during treatment the questions were they're tiring because you don't always know the answers and people want to know you're okay they want to know what's going on and you don't know yourself you're waiting for the medical professionals to contact you and look at the scans and mm. see the results so people are going oh what what's happening now well the same as what was happening last week to be honest there's there's no new news. Whenever I have a checkup, or I go for a scan, like my phone will just be like, how'd you get on? How'd you get on? I'll, I'll tell and you in you three weeks when I know. I, and I know it's all my best friends, and I've got an amazing bunch of friends. And well, we love you guys, but we're asking these questions. We're not knocking that at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. But it is. And you sort of like, yeah, well, I don't know. And, it's, and then when they say, oh, well, it's progressed a bit, and then they're like, well, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? And I'm like, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> don't know. Don't know, yeah. You know, it's only because they care, and they're, like, yeah. really concerned. Like, you know, they don't want to see one of their best friends pouring. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, it's all, all for, for, for niceties, you know. That's, that's the reason why people ask, you know. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask was recovery time. Recovery time, for me, uh, when you're dealing with something like this, it sounds like a really long process where you uh, i guess a lot of the time you just kind of sit in there you know what how do you get through that you know dealing with the, what you've been through not going stir crazy um is there is there something uh, did you find a new hobby did you is there something that soothed you is there something that you kind of threw yourself into how do you deal with recovery i became very secluded in the house i just used to go to radiotherapy and back again Radiotherapy was so funny though. You wait in a little room, and I don't think I've seen as many pairs of balls in my life <laughs> as the man in there. Walking up and down the corridor, yeah. just get rid of a bit of gas. That used to make me chuckle. Because they're, they're very open pro- about prostate it, cancer, and they're wandering up and down with their gown open, or they'll sit opposite and the legs apart, and you're like. <laughs> so I used to text my friends, I'd be like, I'm in the radiotherapy waiting room and it's balls galore. <laughs> Close your robes, guys. <laughs> but it was like a day out because they bring cakes and biscuits and sweets and we'd all just sit and talk. And nice. It was nice. It mm. was nice, but yeah, I saw far too many balls from my <laughs> in one day. Like, I'm getting a real, uh, a real insight now. <laughs> 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 But at the time when you're feeling so low and you're just waiting to go on the table and then, because I have to be strapped down with a, a mask, 
And you're sort of thinking, oh, God, and then these people come in and they're just so jolly and... I think, oh, you're actually doing okay, sitting there with your paws acting. Walking up and down the corridor. Farting away. Farting away. Yeah. Openly chit-chatting yeah. about it. it. It's it's quite, it's almost refreshing to it be is. like, ah, oh, well, that's that then. We're, yeah. all, we're all sharing an experience We're all here. sharing an experience. and It's not fun for any of us, but <laughs> here we all are with yeah. a smile. And I think sometimes they just, they needed to offload and just be like, oh, you know, did it. More ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we did um, we did some filming at the Lincoln Davis Centre in Shrewsbury uh, for, for Pod Aid. And the, um, the, the, we saw the masks for the radiotherapy because they're moulded to the individual's face, right? Scare. I mean, that just looks so scary. I remember the first time I saw one, it nearly brought a tear to my eye because I thought someone has to put that over their face. It's the scariest looking thing in the world. If you've never seen these things, they are just, they're like molded to the shape of your face, but they're made like a, a, like a plastic mesh. Um, it is, yeah, plastic mesh, and then you lie down and it's clipped on to the jaw in the exact position. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You did that for how many weeks? Um, seven weeks. Seven yeah, weeks. seven weeks. Terrible, terrible. Well, you saved your life, though. You're here. It did. It did, and I will be forever grateful. And they were an amazing team, the radiotherapy team. Um, and you are very active in in trying to trying to help people. And uh, talk to us about stand up to cancer. Um, where did this idea come from? And did you get, how did you get introduced to it? I was at. Um, the Pink Madran, um, Cancer Research Madran, and Jane approached me and said, oh, you're running for yourself. And I said, oh, yeah, I've um, had a secondary diagnosis and it's in my lungs. And she said, oh, what's this? And I said, this is laryngectomy. And she said, I've never come across a laryngectomy. And she was like, can I interview you one day? So she came and she was like, well, I'm going to put your story out there. And then she come back and said, would you like to do stand up to cancer? And I was like, of course. I said, we've got to get out there that living a laryngectomy life isn't so bad. It's, it's life-changing, of course. You know, you've got to learn to talk in a different way. You know, eat and drink and, you know, things have got to... You do change your eating habits and drinking and all different things, talking. And I stupidly got a car with gears when I should have got a automatic because if anyone talks to me i'm like hang on a minute i gotta change here <laughs> you'll have to be you'll have to be patient yeah and i just saw yeah let's let's get it out there so what is the philosophy behind stand up to cancer is it is it is it i mean what is it first i mean stand up to cancer is it just a, a charity is it an event or it's a, it's a charity that runs every year yeah. and it's basically stand up to cancer don't let it get to you keep fighting yeah because i think sometimes well you know yourself verity it's if you haven't got a positive mindset you can find yourself very quickly getting drawn to the cancer and being making it all about that's your life or oh, i've got cancer. being submissive with it yeah, yeah mm. i've got cancer or oh, this is this yeah. whereas i'm like yeah, it's there, but... But it doesn't define you. It doesn't it's define you me. Yeah. It's not who I am. Yeah. I'm Lorraine with cancer. It's not cancer and Lorraine, it's Lorraine and cancer. To me, that's secondary. It's like, it's there. It's it's annoying. I don't know when it's going to... It could be 10 years, 15, it could be two. Who knows? But I don't ever think of it like that. I'm just yeah. like... I'm That's planning so holidays next year and all sorts. I'm like, no, I am going to be here. That's really nice. I love that. I think um, I like that mentality. I think uh, a few years ago, Steve Amell, who was in Arrow, if you remember Arrow, um, he's a bit of a hunk, Steve Amell. He's a, uh, but he started, he started um, I think it was him that started it, but I don't know if he's part of it, but the uh, the F, I can't swear, F, the F Cancer uh, campaign. Yeah. Um, which is amazing. I think they did like a they did stand up comedy and all sorts with that, which was wonderful because it is great to see. And um, you know, I kind of had an idea for for that. Um, we were meant to have um, Eddie Pence and Jerry Roacher join us for Pod Aid, 
Um, Eddie Pence and Jerry are both uh, stand-up c- comics in America. Um, Eddie Pence is a good friend. and But Jerry um, was meant to be on Polyd last year, and then suddenly they found out he had cancer and he had treatment. And I thought, oh, it'd be great to bring him back for year two um, to show, you know, that he's, 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 he's here and he beat it and this sort of stuff. But um, he, they, they found it again this year um, mm-hmm. and he's, he couldn't make it. Um, they did actually um, misbooked me, but, the, you know, it's just the, this, this, this thing. But he is like, do you know what? I don't care. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat this thing. And he's just so positive and so happy. And he's a comic that makes people smile still, you know? Exactly. Uh, exactly. So inspiring. I'll have to follow him. Um, yeah, I'll send, I'll send you a thing. Yeah, um, because... Yeah, Jerry's wonderful. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a loud Texan, and he I love him because <laughs> of his rants. He, he goes mad, very sweary, um, but he likes to do his video games. He plays like um, SNES or NES games from like the 1980s or six, the, the 60s, 60s, the 90s, and he, he, he puts it on Twitch, but he also does his stand-up comedy and his... Um, there's a podcast called The Ramble with, with Eddie. Um, wonderful guy. I'll, I'll definitely hook you with him. He's great. Um, is there anybody uh, that's kind of inspired you while you've been going for this? Um, maybe some celebrities that have dealt with cancer, that are outspoken about cancer campaigners? There's one celebrity. Um, he was in Top Gun. Is it Val Kilmer? Yes, Val no, Kilmer. He has had throat cancer. But he hasn't spoken up about it, which is sad, really. He he's lost his. Vo- he has lost his he, voice. Hasn't he's he? got a track else to me. Yeah, and I'm like, I wish he'd have just been a bit more, because it's the only actor I know that's dealt with this. And I thought, I wish he'd just be like, you know, okay, it's part of my life, but he kind of hides it. Mm. Yeah, because he's Germany, de- that not celebrities, but. Lucy, her name isn't she? I met her before I had my operation, and she was just loving life. And this hasn't come back, but she showed me that there was life after having this operation, and she was like my inspiration. And we're really good friends. Nice. What about you, Verity? Is there anybody that, apart from apart from Alex, Alex Whiteley, the Shrewsbury Biscuit, of course? But, um, of course. <laughs> no, who inspired you during it? Sorry, my, my chair squeaked down. That wasn't me. <laughs> you probably got that on the microphone. My chair just went, eh, as I leaned on it. No, is there anybody that sort of inspired you during your, your time? Um, do you know what? I'm going to play my ignorance card again because um, that is honestly how I dealt with a lot of things, head down and play forward. And my sister, who was by my side every step away, as my friends and family, I was inspired by all of them. And that that's sort of just how I ambled through it all, by having their support, having their love, their positivity. It helped me be positive. And that, that's sort of where, where I got my power from to, to play through. Ignorance is a, is a wonderful thing. It really is because... It really can be. <laughs> no, it is. It's true. It is. It's true because if you think about it too much, you end up, your mind is overthinking and you're like... Mm. And as you say, with friends and family, with their support and you just... make It, it can make you ill. Yeah. Because there are so many schools of thought you could go down and most of them are really quite scary. Of course. So I didn't want to... Um, explore those in my mind and also for my friends and family to be around me I'm sure you were the same when they can see you uh, being positive and fighting it helps them adopt the same attitude and it's sort of just snowballs and, and it carries you and you all sort of carry yourself forward through it because did you find friends and family took it kind of harder than you definitely yeah it's, that's what yeah. i my one friend struggled she would cry and i was like don't be sad i'm gonna be fine yeah she's like oh i just love you so much Len. and i was like and my sister um she put my hair in two plaits for me to go into hospital because i haven't been able to wash my hair and she was like oh you know i'll come and see you every day in birmingham and and i thought then i thought I'm coping really well with mm. it. And these have got to watch someone they love go through this major change. And I think that's what gives you the, the boost, doesn't it, to think right again. Yeah, because you don't want to add to their suffering. Yeah, because... Yeah. It, and I watched a programme 
must have been on the soaps. And the friend was saying about how the cancer it was like a documentary. And I thought, that's so good to hear how a friend dealt with it because when you're dealing with it yourself, you see your friends and you've got that positivity, but you never really know what they're thinking. Mm. I was talking about um, 50-50, that movie we were talking yeah. about before, um, with um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and, uh, and Seth Rogen. And it's about uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt finds out he's got cancer. And he's, and it, like I do recommend this film, by the way, guys. If you listen, if you've watched this film and you like it because of the power of this show, let me know. Um, <laughs> but he gets cancer and his, his friend has to deal with it. His girlfriend has to deal with it. He's got to deal with it. And he's, he's surrounded by people that have got cancer as well. And you, you see all these relationships and how it affects people. You know, it brings people together. It destroys relationships. It can cause... Um, create friendships in his case with the chemo ward the guys in the chemo ward uh, and in your cases too the people you, you know you you went you went to hospital and saw and you know the people that you've met along the way um, it's interesting really isn't it how, how it can affect different people's relationships yeah um you know and uh, i guess from the outside you know we're seeing this and you're seeing us our reactions oh my god i'm really sorry you know yeah, genuine things um so you're seeing more pain then we're seeing that if that makes sense it's when people say oh, well, i'm really sorry if i cancer i'm like it's fine don't worry yeah about it. You, you didn't you didn't do it to me you i didn't, didn't do it to myself yeah. it's non-discriminative yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah did you do this <laughs> what are you sorry for what you? do you know <laughs> yeah who do you work for <laughs> so it was you that gave me cancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm like no it's fine don't worry about it i'm yeah. managing quite well i'm just getting on with life i'm like I think for for me and my friends and family, it was more so at the beginning that they struggled because it's it's full of so many unknowns. Yeah. When you get a diagnosis, then you have a scan, you have to wait for the reports and then and meetings with oncologists and whatnot. It's a swift process, but when you're in it, it lasts a lifetime and it's like limbo. So I was... Um, I, I felt like I was plodding through okay, like, okay, well, tomorrow, let's see, whatever. Um, but the unknown for my friends and family seemed to be worse for them than it was for me because i couldn't do anything about it uh you're you're in a situation where you've got no control so my ethos was i'm putting my faith in the medical professionals that's exactly what i did yeah yeah and then, but but for my friend, it was like, well, what's next? Well, I don't know. I'll, I'll get a phone call in a couple of days, probably. This is where the ignorance comes into again. I'm just going to do it, all right? I'm just going to do it. I don't care what the, the, the statistics are or whatever. Just doing it. Yeah. It's like uh, the, way, the way I was thinking of, again, <laughs> squeezing myself in there. I was like, <laughs> I remember we were in Greece and there's this lagoon we were swimming in. And if I'd have thought about all the beasties and the the, the, the fish and the, um, no, the better example is with uh, Hawaii. When it's, this isn't just me name dropping, please. <laughs> Well, um, with, again, a lagoon, and I just jumped in, not thinking about it. And after I came out, there was, I know, there were murals in there and all sorts of nasty things. If you think about it, it's going to stop you, isn't it? Of course just it is. Just jump in, guys. Just jump into that lagoon. Just do it. There you go. Just Got go there in the it. end. Yeah. Well, like <laughs> day, the morning of the operation, the surgeon came around and he was like, so what did you have to eat last night? Because it was going to be my last meal, solid meal for maybe three to six months. I said, I had baked potato with cheese and beans on. And <laughs> is that what you have for your tea? I was like, okay, hey, I thought you would have had something much more. Yeah, KFC in you. Yeah. <laughs> I said, do you know what? That's all I wanted. I said, no, I had a brownie at five to 12 before the cutoff time. Hmm. And then say it was 9.45 in the morning. He was like, you ready? I said, are you ready? And I was like, let's get this show on the road. And I said, I'll see you on the other side. He said, I'll see you on the other side. Beautiful. And that was it. I was just like, let's go. Well, after after it done, uh, you know, you come out, you you come around, and you you've got this 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 thing. I in took your a selfie. You took a selfie. Do you know what I did actually? I took a selfie and I sent it to my family and friends thinking how good I looked. And I've looked at it the next day and gone, oh my God, <laughs> did that reassure anyone? My friends, I mean, I was still gone back to sleep and I woke up to all these texts. Oh my God, it's brilliant. And I was like, be on a bank. <laughs> you were and out I, of it. <laughs> selfie on Facebook. I was like, oh my days. <laughs> and I looked terrific. 
flicker off his eyelash extensions, plodded on, because obviously they pulled him off with the tape, and I got tubes coming out of everywhere, and I'm just like, hey. <laughs> I said, that's the morphine that for I was going to say, it's post-anaesthetic hysteria, where you're thinking, oh, I look great. Hysteria is not the right word. Like when you're drunk in the yeah. toilet and you're putting more makeup on, you're like, <laughs> Looking sexy. good. Look like a clown, but like, looking good. <laughs> But you've, you, this is again, this is unique. I'm glad that I've got you in Jerity. Uh, oh my god, we're all messing up with that. Yeah, Jerity, it's Jerry. I'm and halfway there. I think if you, <laughs> I'm me with my man voice. You guys are wonderful. You really are. You're beautiful. Um, but no, you, you, I'm glad I got you in Verity because you guys can share these unique experiences that none of us that have been there can can sort of contest them. Um, it's kind of wonderful in a way that you're still here to tell those stories and you can, you know, with Stand Up to Cancer, you can help people You can on a, on a national scale as well. So it's a national yeah. charity. So um, what is what is your role with the charity? Are you an ambassador or do you get to go out and do things with them or do you get to campaign? What do you do? I, I think she's going to try and get me to do some magazine interviews, some more radio and I don't know what else. Are you, are you like the main... The main campaigner no i think it was just uh maybe we'll have not it's a one-off and i just done the ones for the advertisement but stand up to cancer comes is it this month next month i can't remember now but no it was just nice to be asked to, to show the world that laryngectomy life isn't as bad as what it did it it definitely needs documenting, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. There isn't enough out there for people to know about it because, I mean, you don't... I, I'm going to say find them. It's not like we're a relic or something. I should say that. It's like, <laughs> if you find a low injector anywhere. I think that what they do as well is like, you know, with the movies and the TV, they put like a stigma on it, don't they? You know, where the... Was it the pol- was it Poltergeist with the guy with the... Oh, it's a movie. And they made him look really creepy and scary. And I thought, well, that's not going to be very good for people. Um, and then there's a guy from South Park as well. He's got the, the voice boxing. And then there's not, like you're right, there's not much of a representation out there no, for there this. Isn't, so. There isn't. And people are always like, what happened to your voice? Children are amazing. They just go, what's no, that? There's no filter. They're like, why do you talk like that? <laughs> and I just say, well, it was really poorly and I had a lump in my throat and the doctor to take it away so I'm left with this little button i got to press the talk and they always go oh alright then okay <laughs> that's that's all they want to know they I'd have some fun with that I'd be like because I'm a Sith <laughs> I am on the dark side they're, they're just like <laughs> you've answered their question they don't want to know the ins and outs of why's where or what they're just like why'd you talk like that I've had an operation i a lump and like, alright do you have to press the button to talk yeah and they're like oh that's just, cool. Just simple acceptance. It's beautiful. Do you think? Uh, do you think maybe there's uh, there's some? I know it's you were talking about how added pressure from cameras and you know things like TikTok and Snapchat and things like. that. Do you think there's there's a use for something like that where to to get that out there to document your life, go to the supermarket, show what it's like, or uh, ordering something from the bank or so. You know, I mean, like show people what life is like for you. Sometimes I always think oh, I've got a TikTok. I should use it more. But I forget. <laughs> the funniest was when I went to Bongo Bingo and DJ come round with the microphone for me to sing and I was like, this is awkward because I can't sing. <laughs> but I was just like... Move on, move on. Yeah. Now going back to two, two and a half years ago, I would have been absolutely mortified yeah, but I just carried. It's, I just carried incredible. on dancing. I was just like, "It's what it is. You're not going to get a voice out to there, mate. No matter how long you stand there, it's not happening." <laughs> it's really incredible to hear you talk about how hard you found uh, some of the earlier days, and then in reintegrating yourself back into your own life, really, and then to see what you're doing now. It really is incredibly inspiring, and like. It's it's really lovely, and to be in your presence, you're so positive, and it's just they've chosen a very good campaigner in you. 
Both of you. Both of you. Yeah, and you, Verity. Look at you. You're, you know, still going strong, trooping on. You've just got it. <laughs> There's a fist bump there. We have to, because I think know yourself with the operations and things. People mm. are always like, well, how did you cope? And you're like, you just did. I just did. You just did. Just did. Just like, right, okay. I think you cope more for the people around you. Because as you say, yeah. if they see you down or they're like, what's the matter? Yeah. And if anyone is doing, sometimes you can't tell them that I'm having a really shit day. I don't want to see anyone because I'm never there. Yeah. And now I'm so grateful for all of that because there was days when my one friend, she said, it's not you to not go out and about. And she was crying. I said, I know. I said, but I just can't seem to get my head around going outside again. Mm. Mm. Little by little, I got there. And and now I'm just in the bag. I'll go have a coffee by myself and order it by myself. I feel like you, you know, you've been through radiotherapy, you've been through this transforming uh, sort of operation. I feel like if you can get through all that, you can get through anything. Like seriously, you you have a superpower now. You are, you know, a very, and that's that's what people cling on to. You know, and that's that's what, what you know when people see like campaigners like you for stand up to cancer or or Verity when you came on Pod Aid, mm. they see those posit that positivity and that strength, and they cling on to that. And it doesn't matter. I don't think if whether it's to do with cancer, whether it's to do with their their own life problems, if they see someone that's strong, they kind of latch onto that, and it, it's inspiring for people to see. I always thought if even if it just helps one person through a dark day, I'll be happy. Even if someone reading that is thinking. I've just been diagnosed with throat cancer. Look at her three years later. Yeah, yeah. Been your bright pink gilet. <laughs> As it back. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I do like my pink <laughs> and pink literary as well. Uh, um, where can sort of are you are you very uh, you know with social media and stuff? Can people follow you in your travels with what you're doing for stand up yeah, cancer? I'm on. Um, Instagram, TikTok, and I posted up my stand-up account. So I'm waiting to hear off Jane again to see what she's on annual leave, I think, at the moment. But she does a lot for stand-up to cancer and cancer research. And I've just done 100 miles for Macmillan. It took me a month nice. and a well done. four, five weeks. And I've raised £145. So I thought, you know, it's not a lot, but between all of us that did it on the Macmillan charity site, I thought even if it bumps up, you know, pays for a nurse for an hour, I think, because I know one day I will need that support yeah, and think, well, I have had their support. And I think I've got to just give that little bit back. So, yeah, I was like walking around the quarry every day doing my 3.5 miles because I, I times the 100 miles over October to beginning of November. And I thought, yeah, I've done it. Yeah, well done. You well keep done. going forward. Um, and, you know, to if anybody from Sun Up to Cancer is going to listen to this, you can use this. I'll, I'll, I'll probably send it link to them yeah, yeah, if they want to use this. Um, then by all means, please do. And if you help local charities, if you help Lincoln Davis, Macmillan, um, Seven Hospice, uh, wherever, if you're out there helping people, help people, um, then well done. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate every single one of you. Uh, we're running short on time, um, but um, I want to say thank you to my guests uh, today. Uh, thank you for having us. No, it's been lovely. It really has been nice. And you, well, well done. Your first podcast. You did it. The first podcast of my teenage son is going to be so proud of me. Now I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> and officially time with the kids. <laughs> I wish we were that cool here at the biscuit. <laughs> down with the kids. I don't, don't think no matter how cool I think I am, my teenage son is like, don't have your music lines when you pull up to college. <laughs> what music is it? Well, I'm like, I do like my 90s and I'm like... See, I think that's cool. Yeah. I'd, I'd make, say crank it up. Yeah. <laughs> I pull up and he's like, you turn that down, you're embarrassed. I'm like, I'm rude. 
But, You're uh, embarrassing. You, there's nothing embarrassing about you. I think you, you're amazing. And we're making new friends every day at the Shoes of Biscuits. Exactly. So thank you, so thank exactly. You so Two new friends. <laughs> Two new friends. Wonderful. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, we're, we're running out of show, but I want to say quickly before we get out, is there anything you want to mention? Is there anything you, you're building up to or anything that you, you may have forgotten? Not like at the moment, but if I do decide. Verity, you're going to have to come back on. We want to speak to you about you. Okay, great. And also for similar things, I think you've been wonderful today. Thank you so much for helping me out. Yeah, it's been thank lovely you. to meet you. It's been lovely to meet yeah. you. It's been lovely to be here. <laughs> it's been really nice. I want to give a shout out to Simon Bell. Um, and the reason being is um, it dawned that we've done four, four years of the Shoes of Biscuit, 400 episodes. Um, and um, I was chatting to someone about Schindler's List on Facebook, as you do. Um, <laughs> and it got me to thinking about, and people asking questions about, you know, in the comments. So I threw a link to episode one of the Shoes of Biscuit, which was when I spoke to author Simon Bell about his book. Yes, the first episode of the Shoes of Biscuit was about genocide um but simon bell is a lovely guy and it was a it was a very uh it was a very calming discussion about something pretty terrible actually um so the, episode one is one of our most listened to episodes still today uh, he's got a new book out called Rem- remembering the holocaust and the impact on societies today he's given me a copy so i'm gonna have to read that in the next couple of weeks he's gonna come on the show we'll talk about it last time we talked about the rhetoric of hate and whether it's changed because, you know, as I mentioned in earlier, we sh- surely we've learned a few lessons since the Holocaust. And I was thinking, have we? Have we really? You know, it's a difficult subject, but, you know, societies are complex, aren't they? You know? Absolutely. It is, yes. <laughs> well, anyway, guys, on that note, we get out of here. Thank you, Verity. Thank you very much. Thank you, Loren. Um, so, sorry for pronouncing your name wrong at the beginning of the show. Uh, I'm sure you <laughs> I get Whitley all the time. Whitley, 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 Whitley. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in, guys. Uh, we will catch you next time. Peace out.